It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 24, SMU 23 is our final score here at the New Mexico Bowl. Let's head down to Mitchell Jurg and see what's up at field level. Yeah, hey, Greg, we're getting uh, Soul J on the headset. Give me just one second. Let's do it. Soul J, can you hear us? Hey. Yep. Well, we're standing by for Soul J, Mayava Peters. Yeah, well, one second. All right. Soul J, hey. Quarterbacking BYU to the win tonight, 24-23. And I think we're going to get Soul J on the headset. Hello? Yep. Is this Soul J? Hello? Is this Soul J? <laughs> Sol J, can you hear us? Question is, can he hear us? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Sol J can hear us. Hello, Sol J, is this you? No. Hey. Okay. <sighs> Sol J, do we have you? Well, we thought we'd have the headset on Sol J, Mayava Peters. Not sure that's happening yet. I, I know Mitch could hear us, so let's see if Sol J can. All right. Well, BYU was in a 10-10 ball game at halftime. BYU scores two touchdowns in the second half, and the first kind of helped turn this game around. Let's hear how it sounded with Ben Bywater on defense. Trips to the right, single wide left, screen to the right, picked off, intercepted at the 40 and the 50. Ben Bywater may take it to the house, the 30, the 20, the 10, the touchdown. It's a pick six for Ben Bywater, his third pick of the year, and he takes it all the way for the score as the Cougs go on top. 17-10 on the Jake Oldroyd PAT. BYU would take a 24-10 lead and uh, give themselves the momentum they would need and the margin they would need for the win. And the scoring play beyond BYU's final touchdown of the day came this way. Third down, less than one. Miami Peters goes under center. I give to Brooks, and Brooks gets second level, and Brooks gets into the end zone. Chris Brooks with a touchdown run, and the Cougars take a two-score lead with 1.21 to play in the third quarter. The lead would hold up. SMU scored to make it 24-17 and to make it 24-23 with eight seconds to play. But Jacob Robinson makes a tackle on quarterback draw on the two-point try from SMU. And BYU wins it by a final score of 24-23. More from Albuquerque coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Throws wide open, and it's a catch made for a first down. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. All right, Kalani Sitak is just being presented now. The New Mexico Bowl trophy, 24-23, BYU over SMU. Let's, say, let's get the PA feed of what's being said at the podium. Thank you. On behalf of Visit Albuquerque, the city of Albuquerque, and the state of New Mexico, pleased to present to you the 2022 New Mexico Bowl Trophy. This is created by artists from the Zia Pueblo. Congratulations, Coach Sataki and the BYU Cougars. Sukulani, this is a, it's 
funny how things work out. BYU played their final game as an independent today. Their 99th victory as an independent. Their last game before becoming an independent was 12 years ago, right here in the New Mexico Bowl when you won. Your final game as an independent before you go to the Big 12 is here in the New Mexico Bowl. I don't know that it means anything, but congratulations on winning an unbelievable game. Thank you very much. We love New Mexico. Go Cougs. So, you put a freshman quarterback out there. It's his first start. It's a bowl game. And he plays his butt off. Talk about the way he played it. Hey, just proud of the entire team. And, uh, you know, BYU, the QB, gets a lot of attention. But everybody else played hard. And proud of the, the preparation of the entire team and just really happy to get this win for the outgoing players and for the nation. Thank you. You've got a defense. Everybody talked about your offense. Everybody talked offense all coming into this game. You shut down. I don't know you shut him down. You kept in check. How about that? You scored one more point than they did. One of the best offenses in America. Your defense played terrific today. It, it's good job, guys. It, it's the players, and uh, we, we had a lot of coaches that worked really hard for it. Just really proud of our players for getting this win. It was a team win, though. Congratulations, Lonnie. It was a great team, and it was wonderful to host you here in Albuquerque this week. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Go Cougs! All right, we got more stuff to give away. These beautiful shields that represent the outstanding players of the game. The offensive player of the game is from Brigham Young University. 47 yards passing, 14 rushes for 96 yards and a touchdown, making his first ever start their quarterback, Soljay Mayava Peters. So you woke up this morning, you never started a college football game. Now you're looking around holding the outstanding player in the bowl game. How are you feeling? Ah, uh, speechless. Yeah, speechless. I need something more than speechless out here. Well, all these people want to hear what you have to say. Speechless. Nah, I'm just thankful for uh, this opportunity. My heavenly father, of course, my mom, my family. Yeah, my son, JJ, my wife. And of course, my teammates. Always hanging my back. How was it? Coming down the end, you're sitting on the sideline watching the defense having to make this stop. How was it for you guys? Uh, it's all faith, all faith. I want to appreciate that every day. It was all faith in the defense. Said a quick prayer, and it was answered. So, yeah. Congratulations. Enjoy. So, Sol J. Mayava Peter is the offensive game. player of the game. Now for defense. How about the defense today? How about the defense today? He had 11 tackles today and turned this thing on a pick six. An interception that turns into a touchdown. Ben Barwater. So you came into this game and the offense has got all the love. You heard about their offense, they heard about your offense, and it was a defense that made the biggest play, the two biggest plays in the game. Talk about the pick six. Yeah, man, uh, hats off to SMU. They did a great job kind of just scheming us. So um, 
I lined up in the slot. I knew they were going to throw it, and I just jumped it, caught the ball, and then just started running as fast as I could. All right, Ben, but it all comes down to one play. They score with eight seconds to go. I don't think they decided to go for two because it was cold out here, and they just wanted to win a football game. Defense had to make a play. They run four wide left. I don't know if you ever saw it before. What happened on the two-point conversion? Man, shout out to J-Rob. Where you at? You was balling right there. But uh, honestly, I just want to shout out the whole defense, the whole team. You know, we are a broken team right now. We had a lot of guys injured. We had a lot of mix-up on the coaching staff. So for us to go out there and do our thing, man, I couldn't be more proud of everybody. I'm proud of this team. Congratulations. Sir champions. All right, offensive player of the game, Soljay Mayava-Peters. Defensive player of the game, Ben Bywater. And you heard from the head coach of the Cougars. Back down to the podium. Can you, can, can you come up and accept something for Peter Berger from Palm's Trading Company? Is giving this beautiful squash blossom necklace. They, they put it up with the Coach's wife. It's the official necklace of the state of New Mexico. And we want her to have something to remember this by from Palm's Trading Company. So a gift for Kalani and his wife, Timberly. And those are the podium festivities. We'll take a break. BYU 24, SMU 23, our final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 24, SMU 23, our final score. Down to field level, the victorious Cougars. It is BYU starting left tackle Blake Freeland. Blake, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's always good to get a W. Oh, it's fantastic. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson upstairs. Thanks for coming on. Uh, how much do you note or not note the cold out there when you're in the heat of battle and you're trying to win a football game? It was chilly out there, but are you even feeling it? Uh, I wasn't feeling it until I was sitting on the sideline for a little bit towards the end of the game. When we went to victory formation, I put my helmet on all the way frozen. <laughs> But other than that, it was, it was great. What can you say about the kid? The third-year freshman, Soljay Maiava-Peters, gets his first start as a Cougar and goes all the way in the win tonight. Hey, man, we were excited. We were excited when we heard he was going to be the guy. Um, all week we had really good practices. Um, I think as a team we did a really good job of supporting him and just having full confidence in him and just seeing what he could do. And he came out and balled like we knew he would. Blake, I wasn't part of the preparation, but if I were, I would have put this, you know, I would have challenged you and your four uh, fellow O-linemen up front and put this game on on your backs, at least offensively. Whenever you're breaking in a new quarterback, the, getting those guys up front to play well, was that a big part of the game plan coming in to not only you guys play well to keep him clean, but also take pressure off him by opening up holes for him and the other running backs? Yeah, 100%. I think as an offensive line, we knew we had to do our part in uh, protecting the, the young quarterback and just let him do his thing. Um, we kind of knew that we'd have to come out here and control the line of scrimmage just to just to compete against these guys, and we knew they'd score a lot of points, or we knew they could score a lot of points, but our defense came through, and at the end of the day, we ended up with the W. How did you and the team feel about last year's bowl game, and, and did it play at all into maybe some of the, the thoughts of, of what you guys could and should do a year later in the postseason? Um, I think we talked about last year's bowl game um, and emphasized more excitement, more energy. Um, I think we did a poor job last year just coming in real flat and just we weren't the most excited team to play. So I think uh, going on, coming on this bowl trip, we were all excited to have fun with each other, spend some time with each other, and come out and, come out and get a win. Anytime you can run for 200-plus yards, you've got a good shot to win the game. And BYU ran for 209 tonight. Not bad, right? Yes, sir. It's always fun that way. 
and uh, you end the game, end the season with a big win at Stanford, big ground game, and here as well. Uh, whether it's throwing it a lot or, or running it the way you need to, it's just about the W, right, Blake? Exactly right. Blake, um, just uh, it's been a, a great career for you, and uh, holding down that tackle position that's uh, so immensely difficult. What can you say about this final challenge that SMU presented in the 2022 season? Uh, they had a just a lot of respect to their defense. They had a lot of good D linemen. They had a lot of a lot of things they threw at us that were uh, difficult. But um, at the end of the day, it was just just a good fun game. Um, just great to go out on this bowl game with a dub. Have you already decided uh, that this is it for you, Blake? Have you already talked about that or not talked about that? I know you have eligibility left, but is this it? Um, I think I'll, I'll make that decision next week. Okay, so the, that, that, that decision's coming for you. You haven't said anything yet then, right? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. I really hadn't known if you'd said anything or not. So you'll, you'll make a decision soon. Yes, sir. All right, well, if this is the last game you played, it's been a pleasure to call your games, and uh, thank you for your, the time you played and for what you put out there, and uh, we'll see what's to come. Best of luck with whatever you set, decide. Yes, sir, I appreciate you. All right, thank you, Blake. That's Blake Freeland. More BYU football coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. Welcome back to University Stadium, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson in the booth. Mitchell Jordan's down on the field where he is alongside Jacob Robinson. Jacob putting on the headset. Jacob, thanks for spending a minute with us. Of course. Congratulations to you and the boys. Fun win, big win, huge win, and the defense gets it done at the end. Yes, sir. You make the play on the two-point conversion. There were all kinds of timeouts called before the play was finally snapped. Can you bring us back to those last few moments when it's an alignment, a timeout, an alignment, a timeout, and what you were thinking on that two-point try? Yeah, so uh, uh, Kalani wanted us to show a cover or zero. Um, seems like we're blitzing everyone. And so he said, go out there and line up in our zeros. We will call a timeout. So we called a timeout, and then we ended up going uh, drop eight. And then, yeah. So, Jacob, they got you listed at 165. They got Mordecai, who's the SMU quarterback, at 215. That's 50 pounds, if my math's correct. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog, right? Of course. <laughs> Great job, man. Coming up, physical play all day. I mean, what did you expect uh, you guys to shut down? You held the SMU to only 171 yards passing on the day. Uh, I'm sorry, 218. Uh, this is a team that averages north of 350. Did you expect that result? Yes, I actually did this game. Yes. What what made, what gave you such confidence that you were going to be able to limit them so greatly? Um, we had so many different calls, um, used a lot of different calls than we usually do this game. So I feel like anything they adjust to, we could just adjust with them. And Kalani had a great plan, and so did our whole defensive coaching staff. How gratifying is it that the defensive unit gets to be on the field essentially to win the game at the end? Yeah, it was fun. I was excited. How excited were you for Soljay Mayava Peters to get his first career start in a bowl game as a as a freshman? Yes, sir. That's my dog. He's a he's a playmaker, man. Um, put him on the field and make plays no matter what the circumstances are. So super so, excited. For so him. as you were going through bowl prep and 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 when you go good against good and you would see Soljay taking snaps across the way from you, you were confident he could do this kind of thing in a postseason setting. Yes, yes, of course. He's a playmaker. What does it mean for the team to be down so many guys? I mean, offensively, defensively, you're missing a lot of playmakers, Jacob. And on the staff. And on the staff, too, right? So coaches, players, all sides of the ball, you're having to fill in spots to do what you guys did against a really good football team. What does it mean about the strength of the program itself? What can you say about that? Um, 
Wait, sorry, repeat that. Kalani was talking to me out here. No, it's okay. What does it mean when you can lose coaches, lose players on both sides of the ball, and play a really good team and still play the way you did today? What does it say about the program and the strength of the program? I think our program is moving in the right direction. People might think other, otherwise, but I think we're moving in a good direction. Yeah, so Jacob, what, is this, what does this mean for you? Uh, or, or maybe give the listeners out there a player's perspective as far as what's next. Obviously, you get to end the season on a high note. Uh, then what does you know, the rest of this year and winter and into spring, what does that look like for you and your teammates? Um, yeah, so tomorrow, church, of course, and then we got to go do winter workouts, summer workouts, just the same thing. Uh, we'll have a new strength staff, so... Um, yeah, that'll be a little bit different, but everything else, same old. How excited are you to be part of both the team that ends the Independence era and the team that starts the Big 12 era? Very excited. What do you think is next for BYU football? What can BYU fans expect when you get back on the field here in, in, in eight or nine months? To win some games in the Big 12. Let's go. Jacob, thanks for coming on. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Jacob Robinson with us. More from Albuquerque next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to University Stadium here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. BYU 24 and SMU 23 is our final score. Cougar Post Game Live continues with BYU place kicker Jake Oldroyd popping on the headset. Jake, thank you for coming on. Congratulations to you and the guys. What a fun one. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you said coming into the game, this was going to be it for you. This was your, these were your last kicks as a Cougar. Is that right? That's right. Could you be any happier to go out the way you did? No. Um, absolutely a dream of an ending to my career. wouldn't have it any other way. Super, super happy for all the guys and the way it went. A field goal and three PATs. With the field goal and three PATs, six points, you end up with 338 career points, BYU record. You end with 86 consecutive PATs to end your career. Oh, nice. BYU record. You end up 188 of 192 on PATs, 98% BYU record. You end up with 50 field goals for your BYU career. Third all-time and a nice round number. I know it's more than about that kind of thing, but it's nice to have a legacy, um, some standards set, an imprint that says you you did a lot of good things for your teammates. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, working with the guys, winning games, that's everything, and you know, all this stuff is secondary. Um, I definitely had the the points in the back of my mind. I'd, I'd heard about it, and so I was super excited to to get that. That's a that's a fun one to have. But um, yeah, just happy with the way this my career has gone here. Super grateful to be part of the program and hope that I can you know leave a legacy as part of this this amazing special teams unit we've put together the last couple of years. Jake, you'll be remembered for a lot of things. I think one of the first is delivering the first win of the Kalani Satake era with that game winning kick against Arizona those many years ago. And now here uh, you uh, contribute uh, being perfect on the night on PATs and field goals into sending Kalani and, and the rest of the boys and your teammates into the Big 12 as as you finish your career. How much has the program progressed in the six years and in readying for this next step into the P5 and Big 12? Oh, exponentially. Um, I mean, we've been through so much, so many years of ups and downs, games with ups and downs, and I've seen how Kalani and his staff have grown over the last six years and and what they've brought to this program, and I think uh, the changes we'll see going forward and leading us into the Big 12 are going to be um, super fun to watch, so I'm excited to uh, have been part of that and uh, looking forward to, to be on the sidelines and uh, 
be a fan and spectator for, for what's to come. Of course, at BYU, Jake, uh, careers can last a little while with missions in between and whatnot, but uh, you began your career in 2016, and here six years later, uh, you call it good. You did have a year of eligibility left, at least one. I lose track these days. Yeah, that's correct. Why did you decide this was the time for you? Um, a culmination of things. Uh, I feel you know I feel pretty pu- fulfilled with the way things have gone up to this point, um, and you know I think it's just time for me to move on to the next phase of life, ready to ready to go see what's ahead and. In, um, in terms of a career and maybe pursuing professional football, who knows? So um, just time to call it good for me and my family. Yeah, I mean, it, also, Greg, from uh, I wasn't quite uh, – I had five years, but uh, wasn't quite – you start to just become an old man. Yeah. And you get these new recruits in, right, <laughs> yep, Jake? That's right. These new recruits come in, and you're like, wait, there's a generational gap here. I grew up on Snapchat. All these guys coming in on TikTok or whatever. The next thing is I, I got to get out before, you know, a gray hair sprouts right. or something. Right, I mean, yeah. you got kids on the team that I'm seven <laughs> years older this, than at this point. Right. So. Hey, yep. um, kickers provide a, a unique perspective um, as uh, – as they observe their teammates, but also a unique role where you're called on in some of the most high-pressure moments. Share with us, uh, because this you, you have stated this is your last game. I, I already mentioned Arizona, but and maybe the fans think some of the obvious what might be your favorite, but what can you think of? And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit yeah. here, but uh, your favorite moments throughout your BYU career. If you can point out a singular one, that would be sure. wonderful to hear as well. Sure. This might be a bit of an outlier, but um, I think this was actually the hardest game I ever played was at Utah my freshman year in 2016 and um, I think some of the hardest kicks that I had to make were or a couple long field goals in that game um, just because I got thrown in at Arizona had no expectations and then all of a sudden you know you, you go in at, at such a high and you got to follow that up with a good performance and so uh, to go in at Utah and make a couple kicks that was uh, super memorable for me and, and happy I'm really happy about that performance um Besides that, a couple others. Uh, obviously, the win at Tennessee was unbelievable. Mm. Really grateful to be a part of that one. USC at home in 2019. Um, yeah, those are a few. Great. Great memories. Well, we've had a, a real joy uh, calling uh, your big kicks and, and kicks of all kinds o- o- over the years. And, and you don't end up as, as the Cougars' all-time scoring leader without a lot of swings of the leg. And, and I think it would also be fair to note that you've, you've battled through some stuff, too, as well, Jake. And, and uh, uh, physical uh, challenges and, and, of course, the mental stuff that comes with being a kicker in the game on the line and, and, and so much riding on you. Uh, it's been a ride, right? It's been ups and downs and, yeah. and, and moments that have been tough for you, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had about a lot of physical health things, a lot of injuries over the years that have kept me out um, and, and had to play through a lot, too. That's That's been challenging, you know, mm-hmm. that, that creeps into your head when you're playing through pain. But um, And then obviously, you know, made a lot of kicks and missed a lot of kicks and you always got to bounce back. So the mental side is, is the biggest thing as a, as a special teams player, as a kicker in particular. Um, so I've, I've had to battle back a lot of times through my career, but uh, hopefully the, the ups outweigh the downs. Indeed, and no doubt. Much respect to you for riding uh, the wave uh, through an, ex- uh, an expansive and excellent BYU career. Jake, thanks for your time, and best of luck to you with whatever your future holds, and we hope to see you on the sidelines or in the booth sometime down the line. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Thanks a lot, Jake. That's Jake Oldroyd. More from Albuquerque coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Now back to Greg Rubel. It's a special moment on Cougar Post Game Live because it's all about the special teams. We just spoke with Jake Oldroyd a moment ago, and we're going to pop the headset on Ryan Rico. We wanted to give Ryan time to, to take a pick with his good buddy, uh, Jake Oldroyd. They just uh, took a snap that's going to be uh, in, in phones for, uh, for years to come. Uh, Ryan, thanks for popping on the headset. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson up here in the booth. And uh, let's just maybe mention a bit about uh, your boy, Jake. Uh, you guys took a picture a second ago to memorialize what went down here tonight. What can you say about BYU's all-time career scoring leader jake oldroyd man no one no one more deserving than he is uh the work the time the effort that he puts into his craft is um it's really admirable and man that's my brother i couldn't be couldn't be more excited for him and grateful that we had the opportunity to get him out there on the field and get him those three points that he needed and Cougar fans can't be more excited uh, when, when you line up for a kick you can really unleash. Now, some kicks you've got to try and punt and pin, take something off it like you did with your final one. But, man, alive, your first three <laughs> kicks, you could let it fly tonight. I think it was 61, 65, 68 on your first three kicks. Those have to feel good when you can just rear back and let her rip. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I think uh, during the week we, could, we were able to come out here and uh, get some practice in. And thankfully there was no wind tonight, so uh, all we had to deal with was the cold and the equipment guys, they warm up the balls before us before we go out there. So they did their they did their job as well. So super grateful to get those opportunities. And, man, it was a fun one. Jake, as a punter, help our listeners. Ryan. Oh, so I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> no, I apologize. We just got done interviewing Jake. Yes, yeah, so Ryan, what for, for the average Joe who obviously, you know, if they've ever punted a ball, most likely they're you know, going to end up in the ER because they hurt themselves <laughs> or whatever. But, like, what sport? Is it closest to golf? Is it closest to, you know, where you, some days you have it, some days you don't. You're spinning it. Long games working, short games oh. not. How what? How would you help describe being a punter, a D one punter for our average Joe listener out there? Yeah, thankfully it's not like my golf game, but I've I've definitely heard it compared to golfing. Um, it really is, man. There's some days where you get out there and you're like, okay, do I remember what I'm doing? And then other days, like tonight, is just every, everything felt pretty good and it was just kind of clicking. So it really is. It's a lot of ups and downs, and man, you just gotta uh, stay with it. As Riley says, uh, kickers and punters have a unique perspective uh, on the entire game. You get to see both sides of the ball doing work from your perspective on the sidelines, and you're involved, of course, uh, intimately in what's happening in terms of the game plan. What could you say about, A, the job Soljay did in his first career start, and then, B, a defense that has to stiffen and stand tall to win the game for you tonight? Yeah, seriously. I think, it, man, it was fun to see Soljay get to go out there because that, that dude just loves to play. He's, he's always doing whatever's asked of him. Um, to see him go out there, I mean, we saw the first play. He gets that, kind of breaks off for a little run there, and everybody's just kind of like, he's got us. Like, we, we had full faith in him going mm. into it, and, man, to see him be able to go out there and perform the way he did, you couldn't be happier for him. And then the defense, man, I mean, Ben with the pick, that was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And then J-Rob stepping up huge on the two-point conversion. I think, uh, yeah. We see them spread out and like, crap, what the heck are they going to do? And then they end up drawing it. QB runs and J-Rob's just right there to uh, back everything up. So it was... It was just a full team effort tonight, and couldn't be more grateful that we were able to come out with uh, the one-point win. Now, you're listed as a sophomore, but with COVID and everything else, I kind of lose track on who has how many years left. Um, but clearly you have eligibility left. Uh, are you of a point where you already know what you're doing next year? Are you kicking for BYU next year, or have you decided? Or Man, I mean, I still got two years of elig- eligibility, so I'm still planning on playing, and we'll just kind of see how everything works out. But 
Shoot, there, there's no better way to finish this season than, than tonight. It was awesome. Man, man and, and, and this is just me, but are you not like? would you not like to be part of BYU's first team in the Big 12 and, and kick in that league and see new places and new venues and be part of that experience? Seriously, that, that's something that is just um, it, what an opportunity it would be. And I, I think everybody's just excited um, who's sticking with the team. It's, it's going to be a fun one, man. We're, we're excited to go out there and hopefully start off the Big 12 right. And, and lastly for you, Ryan, from me, uh, this is a game BYU comes into missing a lot of pieces. Uh, coaches have gone. Uh, players have gone. Players were hurt. It, it, it's, a really, it's, it, it's a team in flux in a lot of ways. And you had to overcome a lot of that against a really good football team. Program strength. What does it say about program strength when you can deal with all the uncertainty and come together and put together the kind of game BYU did tonight? Yeah, I think, I think it says a lot about the coaches. It says a lot about the guys who, uh, man, obviously there's been so many – so many changes within the past couple of weeks. There's so many changes that are going to be coming. And so for everybody to just kind of, I think, learn from last year's experience of the Independence Bowl with UAB, I think everybody was just like, "That's we can't let that happen again. We're not going to let that happen again. So uh, I think everybody really just made an effort to go out there and do what needed to be done and we came out on top so yeah, it, was, it was awesome yeah i'm glad you brought that up because last year's bowl game was was a real downer um yeah. and, and to have to recover from and then to finish on a four game win streak win eight games to take you into the big 12 no better feeling right definitely it's a crazy season brian such a pleasure talking to you so fun watching you work and uh have a happy holidays a merry christmas thank you again thank you happy holidays you guys too all right that's ryan rico we'll continue from albuquerque byu 24 smu 23 cougs win the 2022 new mexico bowl on the new skin byu sports network Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. So we told you all the records that uh, Jake Oldroyd set as we conversed with Jake a few moments ago. We just talked with Ryan Rico, did not mention that he finished the year a 46.1 yard per punt average. That's fifth best all time in a BYU season. And thanks to Ralph Sokolowski for sharing that stat tidbit with us. Uh, More stuff from Ralph. Uh, Soljay's 96 yards rushing, fifth most by any BYU player in a bowl game. It's also the first time BYU's defeated the same team twice in a bowl game. Cougs, of course, won the Holiday Bowl, the Miracle Bowl against SMU back in 1980. Uh, Sol J was the offensive MVP. And in 11 of BYU's 17 bowl wins, the BYU quarterback was awarded MVP, or in this case, offensive MVP. Some of the numbers of note in a game BYU wins by a score of 24-23 over SMU. So BYU had... In this game, a 24-10 lead. BYU went from trailing 10-7 to leading 24-10. So 17 straight points scored by the Cougs. But then SMU with two fourth-quarter touchdowns. The first made it 24-17. The second is scored with eight seconds remaining to make it 24-23. And Riley, as you said at the time, no debate. 
offense was going to go for two immediately, right? There was, uh, yeah. I mean, I looked to the sideline and uh, it, Lashley, correct? That's the SMU's head coach's Brent Lashley. Lashley, yeah. Lashley's hand immediately went up with two fingers up. The kicker was over here kicking into a net and stayed over here. Nobody turned to call to him or have him run over, and they immediately did it. And then obviously we had the chess game of the three different timeouts. SMU calling a timeout and then Kalani using two of his. And uh, good thing he did because he made some adjustments, and it was great. It, great insight from Jacob Robinson to talk about how he gave a different look. They gave him a cover zero look, and then they ended up playing drop eight, a little bit more conservative. Uh, I noticed that the first time that they shifted out of the bunch formation into empty, that they only had four in the box, called a timeout. Then when they did that again, they had five and a half and were able to uh, stop against the quarterback draw. And uh, yeah, tremendous, tremendously exciting end of the game. We mentioned S- SMU, and it, look, Miracle Bowl is not just in lore of BYU history, but in all of college football history. Anybody who's played you know, NC2A football from EA Sports knows that that's the absolute hardest legacy game to beat because of everything that had to go right for the Cougars to win that game. But with the uphill, we talked about this in the pregame, with everything that the Cougars had to overcome and then the dramatic ending, uh, I'm going to put a challenge out there to our listeners. Tweet at Greg uh, for, <laughs> you know, what's what should we call this ball game? This <laughs> t- Take two against SMU. What should we call it? The backup bowl? Yeah, there you go. Something like that. <laughs> Soljay was the backup, had to come in and get it done, and and uh, and a few guys deeper down the depth chart had to play big roles tonight. So BYU wins a 24-23, bringing us back to eight seconds to go and one play to make. And let's hear how the play sounded on the radio a short time ago. Mordecai in the gun, Levine yeah. to his right, and again they shift to the diamond cluster left, single so, wide right, three down linemen, now they got two five. backers in the box, yep. and his quarterback draw, Mordecai, yep. cut down at the one-yard line! Robinson with the game-saving and game-winning tackle. 24-23, to BYU the lead. And that was man-on-man, 1v1 for the game, Riley Nelson. It comes down to Jacob Robinson squaring up and having to make a tackle. And he wraps up and he throws down, and that is a done deal for BYU. 50 pounds between them, uh, two fifteen listed at 215. The SMU quarterback, Jacob Robinson, listed at 165. But that's why football is the greatest game ever invented. It's, it's about heart, and it's about effort, and it's about perseverance. And all three of those were on full display. All three of those traits were on full display, frankly, throughout the entire game for this BYU squad, but uh, culminating in that last one. We are into the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, and BYU's head coach, Kalani Sita. Take will be joining us in moments to come and possibly even to a conversation with uh, Ben Bywater. Ben Bywater, the defensive MVP, Soljay Mayava-Peters, the offensive MVP. Why was Soljay the MVP? Let's rehash his numbers. And again, he played in three games back in the COVID year of 2020, but it was all mop-up and it was all handoffs. He did not make a run. He did not attempt to pass in his three games played in 2020. And he was the only quarterback to play tonight for BYU. He went all the way. Here's what Soljay did. 7 for 12, 47 yards, throwing it. So a pass efficiency rating of 74.6 when you throw in his one pick. So it wasn't going to be a night where Soljay dazzles you through the air. But it was going to be a night where Soljay had to run the offense and then run the football. He led BYU in rushing yards. 96 yards. He was second in carries with 14. 14 totes for 96 with an average of 6.9, a long of 17, and his first touchdown as a BYU Cougar. Tremendous work. 
And uh, yeah, he had the one mistake, but luckily that didn't uh, that wasn't catastrophic. I mean, he was poised, he was confident running the football. He uh, he was tremendous. One of the things that's not going to show up on the stat sheet was his patience and deliberateness in his uh, you know in his option ball handling, meaning he kept he put the ball early in the belly, he rode it long. Uh, the black jerseys maybe did help a little bit, but he was very sudden when he would pull it. He had great acceleration coming out. He had good moves once he got on guys in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's uh, an exciting player to have on the roster for sure. All right, we have players and Kalani coming out to our uh, Mitchell Jurgens down at field level. Mitchell have the headset, and we pop in the headset on all those guys coming out. Let's give you some other numbers of note before we get those players on the headset. So I gave you Soljay's numbers, and he is the offensive MVP. BYU's leading rusher in terms of carries tonight was Chris Brooks, 19 for 88 and a score. And it was his first score since the Notre Dame game, I believe, rushing the football. So 19 for 88 and a score, a long of 22, 4.6 yards per carry. Sol J. Mayava Peters and uh, Ben Bywater are coming out to the field. While one is talking to TV, I think the other will do radio. I think Ben's going to pop on the headset first with uh, Mitchell Juergens. And so Mitch is putting the headset on Ben Bywater. Ben Bywater popping on the headset and the, the miracle of radio. Ben's down there. Greg and Riley up here. Ben, can you hear us okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congratulations to you and the guys. Great win tonight to end the season. Thank you. Thank you. It, it feels good. So anytime BYU can put a pick six on the board, good things are probably going to happen. BYU had three pick sixes, and BYU won all those games this year. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, uh, it was awesome. You know? And then shout out to Max. He was balling earlier this year, so unfortunately you know, he went down with a little shoulder injury. But um, you know, I'm glad I could get one tonight. So two for Max, one for Ben, and uh, you've probably had to rehash already for a few people, but uh, you jumped it. I mean, it was going to be a, squ- a, a swing screen to the right, and, and you were right there. Did you see it coming? Did you know it was going to happen? Oh, I, I knew it was going to happen. I could feel like uh, that little tight end was you know, licking his chops. He wanted to block me. So uh, I was like, I knew they, they liked their odds. They, were, they had three receivers out there, and then uh, we only had two, two guys, me in the, me in the corner. And uh, I knew they were going to throw it, and so I jumped it, and... Uh, you know, I went to the house, so I was I was happy about it. Did you run track in high school? You had three <laughs> wideouts. All three of those dudes were on the diamond, turned around and chased you down. None of them can do it. You also had quite the little <laughs> stiff arm where you threw the QB and he took out the legs of the other wide receiver. What's your forty? Let's go. My 40, <laughs> hey, we're not talking about the forty time right now. Okay, just watch the film. Okay, just <laughs> that's right, baby. Hey, hey, I never got caught. Right? It doesn't matter never, what the stopwatch says. Hey, said. never got caught. So uh, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna hope and pray that the, the forty is low. Okay, such, but uh, you know, it was good tonight. I played rugby in high school, so there you go. It was awesome. Hey Ben, one of the things that I noticed was, uh, you know, the, as happens, you have ups and downs, and I felt like this defense as a whole, the tackling was was really good at sometimes, uh, but the, also at parts, it really was lacking. Tonight, it seemed to be really solid, which I think is unusual because most people take their bowl prep, and a lot of it's in helmets only or maybe shells, no contact. Did you guys really work on tackling dur- during the bowl prep, or was it more just a mind? that you were able to get into as a defense yeah no tackling is a mindset um you know and and tonight us as a defense i think we just showed how resilient we were you know we've been getting knocked all season been getting you know talked down on so for us to go out there you know in a high-powered smu offense that you know put up 77 versus houston like for us to go up and just give up 23 man i could not be more proud of these boys they went and made it happen you know each and every one of them so you know hats off to them hats off to smu but you know i'll ride with my d-boys 
Okay, last thing for you, Ben. Uh, this is a BYU defense that's uh, down some coaches, uh, down some linebackers, down a corner. What a grind to come together like you did and, again, hold a really good football team to 23 and, and, and show how deep the program can be. Big-time effort. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, our uh, defensive GAs, you know, not, not the GAs, but the guys that stepped up and were the coaches, the interim coaches, they did a great job. So, you know, hats off to them. We had a great game plan, you know, in place. And, uh, you know, guys guys were ready when their number was called. They, you know, stepped up and made big-time plays. So that just goes to show, you know, we got a great program. You know, guys buy in, and, uh, you know, the results speak for themselves. Go from the Independence Bowl to the New Mexico Bowl. What a difference in feeling, right? Yes, sir. Awesome yes, sir. stuff. Ben, thank you so much. I hey, appreciate you, boys. Thank Happy you. holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank you for hey, the time. We're going to pop. We're gonna get uh, a word with Soljay Mayava-Peters really quickly now. Soljay coming right over before Kalani. We're going to pop the headset on Soljay. This is Greg Rubel, your play-by-play guy, Soljay. Riley Nelson, color commentator. We're up in the broadcast booth. Thanks for sharing a minute with us, and congratulations to you. Can you hear us, Soldier? Yep. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. And it's all you. good. It's all good. Hey, congratulations to you on your first career start. Appreciate it. When did you get a sense that A-Rod was going to give you the ball to start the game? Uh, he told us Thursday night. Okay. So in the <laughs> Thursday night to Saturday time frame, uh, what's the best way to mentally prepare for a day like today? Uh, good sleep. Um, my wife was here, so she just kept my, my mind straight. And... Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> hey, Soldier, your athleticism was on full display. Your moves, your acceleration, your top end speed. Everybody sees that easy part. But for the aspiring quarterbacks out there, talk them through. I was extremely impressed with your ball handling, the way you were able to get the ball into the, the belly and confuse the defense. And that honestly set up a, a lot of your good gains. Uh, talk to those young QBs about what's, uh, how you develop such good ball handling and how it can pay, uh, pay off for you once you get your chance to show up for your skills on the field. Uh, I think for young QBs, the biggest thing is uh, carrying out your fakes. I don't know why, but that's what I was taught, that if you carry your fakes good enough, when you have the ball, it will be good enough for you to just deceive the defense either way. In high school, did you run a lot of read option and a lot of that kind of ride uh, ball handling and footwork? Oh, yeah, that was for sure in the in the game plan almost every game. So, yeah. And it was it was a pretty easy to get chemistry with you know Hinkley and Chris. That was who got majority of the of the work. Oh, yeah. was, did you guys had you had a lot of time prior to the bowl prep, or did that all come together in this last week or so? Uh, we've had a lot of time the bowl prep. Um, of course, just after practices, sometimes I just stay out and work out with the running backs or whoever wants to just catch and you know go over stuff. Did you feel the trust of your teammates? Oh yeah, for sure. The whole this whole week they've been they've I've known for a fact they've were supporting me a hundred percent. You could never have known, Sol J, that your season would end with you on a podium holding a, a trophy, right? I did not expect that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Football's a great game, and you never know when your number's going to literally be called. Yeah. And uh, what a response by you and your boys. Congratulations to you, uh, and, and how excited are you to help uh, with this BYU team enter the Big 12 era now? Uh, I'm very excited. I know it's going to be a dogfight for QB next year. We got a bunch of good QBs, so I'm excited to get to work. Thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate you. Thank you. Soldier Mayava Peters with us. Thank you. We'll come back with the head coach, Kalani Sitake. This is the BYU, this is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Kalani and 60 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Well, he just coached his 90th game as BYU head coach and won his 56th. He is Kalani Sitake, head coach of the BYU Cougars, joining us on the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Kalani, thank you for coming back out on the field, putting on the headset, and uh, enduring a few more minutes of cold temperatures. Congratulations to you and your team. What a great way to end the year. Thank you. I'll do anything for you guys. You know that. <laughs> anything for, for the BYU fans. So definitely anything for, for Riley and Greg. Well, we do appreciate you. And uh, wow, you know, bowl season's so interesting. You know, the regular season ends, and then those next three weeks, all kinds of things can happen and do happen. Mm-hmm. Coaches move, players move in, out, and, and, and somebody have to come together as a team and find a way to win a game, and that you did tonight. Yeah, and, and you know, we had to cover for some injuries that, that guys weren't completely healthy yet and, and that was on in all three phases and then we got the NCAA notice that our, our guys can play their fifth game, but that was a little too late when you're not planning on playing the uh the red shirts, you know, so I, I don't think we could have had enough time to work them in into the game plan. So we had to go just go a little short handed on uh, on on our roster, but the guys stepped up and, and and young guys stepped up, made plays, and just really happy that that the team was able to put it all together and key, and play complimentary football and get a win against a really explosive offensive team in SMU. Coach, uh, this defensive performance for me was so tremendous, especially given all the ups and downs that that side of the that that, that squad has uh, gone through this season. I thought the front four played with more intentionality, better physicality, intensity. Not, I mean, they got two sacks, but also a bunch of batted balls, and they were playing really disruptive. And then the back end, your guys were just locked down, gave up no big plays in the passing game, did a great job disguising. How much of what we saw on the field today can be carried over into the next season given that obviously coach hill's now on board and going to bring his own staff and or his own scheme and uh strategy oh well we just lost him uh it feels like uh i need to hope the batteries are okay down there yeah they're looking mitch is catching him. we got line of sight on him and mitch is yeah. is looking at his uh thing it is well let's take a break We'll come back and try and get Kalani back on headset on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Technical issues resolved. Kalani Sitake with us back on the headset down at field level. 24-23 BYU over SMU in the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, Kalani, how confident were you once the game got going that Jay could go all the way for you in his first career start? Yeah, I felt good about uh, him playing. I, I don't know that uh, uh, you know SMU did some things on defense confuse, to try to confuse him, but uh, you know I thought the game plan, using the fly sweep, using different, different looks that our, our, our offense could do, um, you know, we had him spread the ball out a little bit, but you know, we we, we knew that he could run the ball, and and um, you know, I think uh, we went for a couple fourth downs, and I think he, with him, you know, he just gives everything you need, and and that's what you need when you're in this offense, be able to just have a quarterback just just put everything on the line and I thought Soldier did did that just perfectly fine. Coach in the college football landscape of NIL and players, you know, making all this money and all the and and media hype, who knows how much of it, you know, is true and how much of it's hearsay, all that stuff. Anyway, how big is it culturally for you to be able to point to a win like this to be like no one individual is bigger than the team. You had a bunch of guys missing for various reasons, but if the team comes together and executes and everyone does their one eleventh, how big is that for you culturally and in building this program? 
Yeah, we focus on on simple things, and even even in terms of football, the gospel has a lot to say about that. We know how dangerous money could be, how it could hurt a program, but, but also hurt somebody in life. And so the focus for us is to build on other things other than money. So what we can offer is uh, love and, and um, you know, uh, brotherhood, family, and, um, you know, and, and, and just focus on helping each other, serving. Um, I, I've been really proud of the way our guys um, build and, and elevate themselves. They feel like they're part of something bigger than just themselves. And um, I'm really proud that, and honored that I get to coach them. Can you uh, tell us what your input was in the closing seconds of the game on the two-point conversion try when timeouts were being called and alignments were being shown and you were making preparations for the next snap that finally came and resulted in a Jacob Robinson tackle? Yeah, I told him to watch for everything. <laughs> I was basically like, hey, because well, in, in, in that system, it, um, Riley will tell you that if it's, if it's a zero pressure, um, they'll probably go to the single receiver side, run a slant or a fade. And if it's a if it's a zone, then they'll probably go to the four receiver side and throw like a, a, a smoke screen or a hitch screen out there and just run it in, punch it in there. And if it's spread out like how we had it spread out, then you're going to do a QB, QB draw. And so that's, that's a very common thing. I, at the first p- formation, I thought they were going to do something tricky, reverse pass, something like that out there, or a pick play or screen to the flat. Um, so we wanted to put our guys in a better position. I, the first call I had was a zero pressure because I'm just aggressive, and, and I didn't like the call, call timeout, and then I think we got them set up. I mean, we wanted to see if they can we, – we, we, I thought they were going to do the draw and um, felt good about our the numbers, even though when you're looking at the scheme, it looked like we didn't have enough in the box. Um, but it's just hard to go out and block those guys, especially quick guys like Jacob Robinson out in space. Yeah, so how about J-Rob squaring up? Making the tackle. Oh, yeah, and great fundamentals. I mean, that's what we've been working on this entire year. And all those those games of, of missing tackles and being in bad position, it pays off when you just put, put little work on uh, – you put a lot of work on the little things, you know. And, and uh, when it comes down to a game of football, one with fundamentals. So keep things simple. And that, that's usually uh, how it is in sports. So uh, the teams that tackle the best and have a better effort – are the ones that are going to do better on defense. We want to get you back into a warm locker room and then uh, onto the bus and back onto a plane that takes you home to enjoy your family and the holidays. So uh, we'll wrap it up with uh, thanks to you, Kalani, for this uh, entire season of pregame interviews and postgame interviews and coaches shows and then great football on the weekends. And another, uh, another year of independence becomes the final year of independence. And now you get to usher BYU into the Big 12 era. Such an exciting time. And what a great way to to end one phase of BYU football and take it into another. Yeah, all about transition. We're now moving into some some new uh, some new territory. I'm excited for it. Uh, we have some new coaches. Uh, the transition from the scheme that you saw in this game will probably carry over to what we, what Jay does. We speak the same language, so I'm looking forward to getting our offense, defense, and special teams a lot better going into the offseason and going into next year. Um, this will this will be really important for us. We got the the extra practices. I feel good about the momentum that we've gained from the extra practices and where we're headed. Uh, great time to be a Cougar. I'm looking forward to 2023. Coach, last thing is uh, the fan base has also taken the leap to be a P5 fan base too. What? Can, how can you coach us up? You coach your boys up, and we're going to leave you to do that. And you've, you've told us a little bit about how you're going to do it. How can we, Cougar Nation out there, take our game to the next level? Is it is it donations? Is it scream loud? Like, How can we uh, help as a fan base take the step from independence into the P5 era? Just be ready. I mean, I, I think I think um, 
I don't know if I can sit there and do it and win a win a one phrase, but uh, our fan base has been big time. The, the support they love they love our, our sports, and so um, the, the key for us now is the they're innovative. They know how to how to make this thing grow and make it better. Uh, I would I would encourage everybody to just give us your feedback and and do things on your own. But at the same time, let's stay positive and let's work to do this together. I know I don't have all the answers, but I know Cougar Nation collectively we all do so if we can get all put our minds together and do this with a with a right mindset and also focused on on the gospel we can really do some beautiful things on on and off the field well kalani sure appreciate you uh thank you again cougar nation thanks you and we look forward to when we're next together again you guys are the best love you guys go kooks thanks kalani that is kalani sitake more from albuquerque coming up on the new skin byu sports network You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. If you want to drop us a line, you can, but uh, we're going to make this pretty quick and short and sweet and get, uh, get two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream into the hands of some BYU fan out there. And I know advertising ice cream when it's like 11 degrees outside here in Albuquerque <laughs> and similar back home is a hard sell, but we know that everyone loves the ice cream so much that we'll still get plenty of takers on this night. And so uh, our trivia question is coming up, and again, if you want to drop us a line, you can, but we're not going to spend a lot of time with you here tonight. It'll be a, a shorter post game than normal, but I've loved our post game coverage so far. All kinds of players and Kalani and uh, a lot of great live coverage from field level. Thanks to Mitchell Jurgens for staying out in the cold for the entire post game, never really getting warm, and making sure everyone popped the headset on and uh man what a great way to end the year riley 24 23 is the final Cougs over smu and again I, I keep hearkening back to the independence bowl all right so um I, I go back to the independence bowl last year cold wet windy rainy uh just a, a great day in every way BYU did not play well ended the season with a loss they took that into the off season and it, it sounded like riley it was it was a good motivator in the off season and and here a year later they get to come out with arguably, um, uh, you know, uh, maybe even fewer weapons they had oh, yeah. last year uh, in, in the postseason and, and found a way to, to, to I mean, rally and come Last year, their together. best offensive player was Tyler Algier. This year, Puka Nakua, they had Tyler Algier yeah. last year, you know, and defensively, they weren't nearly as thin as they were here today. And Baylor Romney, who was a starting quarterback last year, had lots of reps and wins and yeah. ranked wins. And so there was and a lot more. And you had your than, full staff last right. year, too. Yeah, so, so in a lot of ways, uh, a lot more to overcome. And, and you could argue that SMU and UAB were, were comparable teams. You could argue that SMU was better, a higher-scoring team. Uh, and so, yeah, what BYU did today is a great uh, juxtaposition from one year to the next and how to end a year. And I, I'm just uh, you know, kind of proud of the Cougars and how they responded in every way tonight. Yeah, so am I. And I was going to say that this, it's a good little microcosm for, I think, the way that fans need to approach the jump into the Big 12 and that, like, look, we're going to make a ton of mistakes, but what you can't do is repeat your mistakes, right? If you were to come out flat in your bowl game last year and lose it, lose to a team you shouldn't have. It, you don't want to come back the next year in a similar situation, maybe even a little bit worse, and 
and and have the same result or provide the same or the same outcome. You, they BYU showed that they were able to learn from that disappointing setback last year and uh, and overcome it. Now, finishing eight and five, I think teams had higher hopes. There was thought or optimism to maybe get to ten. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But each of those setbacks, and there will be many setbacks ahead as BYU forges into the Big Twelve. But the difference is that each of those individual setbacks is not catastrophic. It is not a reason to lose hope unless it continues to repeat itself and you're making the same and you're losing in the same ways and by making the same mistakes but as long as you're iterating it's only a matter of time before you get all those rough edges smoothed out and uh, this BYU football program is you know competing with the tops of the country BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now hashtag BYUCNN Jarrett Webster using hashtag BYUCNN to say it could be hard to read too much into bowl games with staffs and rosters in chaos but the grit toughness and belief in each other we saw tonight is a very promising building block moving into Big 12 play. Mitchell Jurgens joining us now in the broadcast booth, rejoining us. Uh, uh, are your are your lips warm enough to respond to what Jarrett says there? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> it's uh, it's taken a while, but um, yeah. I, I think one of, what I was most impressed with down, at least on field level, was just the overall physicality on both the offensive side. Um, you know, running backs ran really, really hard. Uh, but on the defensive side, just there was, there was aggression. There was, uh, you know, true physicality that that's going to be probably one of the biggest tests as you head to the Big 12 next season is um, you're, you're going up against teams where, you know, the first time that, or, or um, it was last year when BYU went up to Baylor, or no, was last year when BYU played in Waco. Waco. Yep. yep. And it, it was just a physical matchup, and BYU was not ready for the physicality. I think, uh, obviously, a team, and Riley, you mentioned it during the game, um, Dallas, there's, you know, SMU's located down in Dallas, uh, heart of Big Big 12 country, even though, even though this was not a Big 12 team. Um, I, I was overall just very impressed with the physical, the physicality, the toughness, and that's what you're going to need, right? If you're going to compete at that level, um, there's good, there's a lot of kinks to work out, and there's a lot of things that this team's going to need to improve on, and it's going to take some time. But overall, yes, very impressed with the way that they finished the season, four straight wins. Um, I think there's a lot to build off of, and it, it seemed – as well, just on the overall sideline, there was a lot of energy. There was guys flying around on the sideline, and um, it just it was a different feel today than it has been in the past, especially with bowl games. So, um, a lot to build off uh, from today's win. Okay, and, and you, as the native Texan, uh, I mean, you, you guys get those those humid, cold winters. It happens, but uh, you, you've experienced a whole kind of winter since you've become a Utahn. And and New Mexico's not Utah, but it was cold enough out there tonight, right? It was freezing. <laughs> Just, it was everybody. I mean, everyone on sidelines is. It, it was kind of nice when the when the team would go down on one sideline. There was a heater that we'd all kind of huddle on the other sideline uh, because players weren't down there using it. So we tried to take advantage, but it was a it was a bitter cold game but uh nice to come away with a win at least so 30 years ago was 1992 that was my first year on the byu radio broadcast crew as paul james's sideline guy i was the mitch for paul back in the day so for nine seasons i was paul james's mitchell jurgens i was sidelines and i started off in the whack 
And then BYU moved to the Mountain West Conference and from Mountain West to Independence, and now from Independence to Big 12. So I'm in my fourth different uh, fourth conference. Fourth decade, fourth conference alignment. Yeah, fourth, fourth conference uh, type situation here uh, as I go into my fourth decade. And yeah, uh, Independence wasn't really a conference, but a fourth designation, if you will. And, I, and I'm so thrilled to be seeing what's next for BYU in the Big 12. Now, and, and who knows how long it'll be before BYU is really contending for conference crowns, but I do know this. Competing in a league brings a whole new perspective to each Saturday. And and in the era of independence, guys, and it was 12 long, hard, sometimes glorious years, but it's a grind to be on your own in this world of college football. And and to know that after you know a second loss or a third loss, so many of your goals go out the window, you're trying to find that motivation each week. And when you're not in a league, it's, it's sometimes created in a way that leaves a little to be desired. And there's no such creation needed in the Big 12. You are a conference competitor, a conference colleague, you're fighting for a crown and even then if you're not going to win a title uh, the bowl tie-ins get bigger and better and more exciting and then with the expanded playoff bracket comes the ability to know that even, well, even if you don't win your league if you're the next best team in a really good league you could be a, a playoff bracket team there's so much more out there for BYU and, and yes it's true the access has gotten better for everyone at a time when BYU finally gets the access they really truly like, fought for to earn but all that said uh, I'm just so excited for the next era to come to, to see BYU compete in the P5 ranks and to have a Big 12 patch on the jersey and to be fighting for a crown. It's been a long time since they've been able to do that, and it means a lot. I know you guys know it means a lot to players to have that on the table. Absolutely. And and just on, to touch on the Big 12, I mean, it's going to be fun because there's every every year there's going to be a new team that competes. You know, you look at last year, it was Baylor and Oklahoma State. This year, it's Kansas, Kansas State, State and TCU. TCU. I mean, there's there's a lot of good football teams in the Big 12, and BYU is going to, you know, get right in the mix and, and have a chance to compete at a high level, and, and it's it's going to be fun to watch, see who's going to be the next Big 12 team next year, because it could change. And before Riley chimes in, you know, since BYU was announced a member, you mentioned those four teams that competed for the championship. Neither were Texas nor Oklahoma, yeah. the teams that are leaving, and so the holdovers have shown strength, and we know, parenthetically, that the Big 12 schedule for next year was supposed to come out uh, weeks ago, and now it's being delayed to possibly February. There are things afoot in the Big 12. Something is happening beyond, at least my belief, this is nothing official, but it feels like something is up that could change the configuration of the Big 12 before the designated time of 2025. That's the sense that things are in the works, and so we'll see what that means here in a few weeks. But either way, BYU uh, is a Big 12 member next September, and uh, nothing will change that for sure. Riley, your thoughts? Just that, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we had to tell the party line, like, and it was the only, it was the best option available to us at the time. But being in a conference is way better than not being in a conference. It's way better than being independent so, for so many different reasons. And it probably wasn't ever the right decision being in the Mountain West. But uh, to be, yeah, uh, I mean, what the future holds, it, uh, I could not be more excited. And, uh, and uh, man, I just uh, I kind of wish I was born ten years later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> see out there and playing ten years ago. I guess I'd be ending right now. So born fourteen years later to be able to come in and and uh, and take on this mountain, so to speak. Will on Twitter using hashtag BYUCNN says the bowl game was a great team win. So many examples for players who show that after seasons of challenges in tackling, that the final tackle of the year showed the hard work and saved the game and was a perfect tackle and that it really was uh, from Jacob Robinson at the end of things today no doubt about that all right let's get you our uh, our trivia question for two half gallons of famous BYU creamery ice cream even though it's cold and we're in the throes of winter this is still stuff you want to have in your freezer it is brought to you by the BYU creamery 
the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. Here's your inside scoop trivia question. And this one, to end the season, is a two-parter. You have to have both answers and in the correct order. All right? And the answer has to come in using hashtag BYUCNN. And Riley's already trying to get ready to be first in again. I got, it. I got the hashtag in there. And Riley does this knowing full well he cannot win. Pride. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is a two-parter. You need both answers and in the correct order, and you have to use hashtag BYUCNN in your response. First one that crosses my timeline using that hashtag is the winner. Here we go. Against which current member of the Big 12 does BYU have the most football wins? That's part one. And part two, against which current member of the Big 12 does BYU have the most wins without a loss? Two-part question. Most football wins against a current member of the Big 12. Who is it? That's part one. And part two, against which current Big 12 team does BYU have the most wins without a loss? I can't loss? submit, Greg. I saw, your, I, oh. saw you looking at, I saw you reading it, and I looked. And you saw the answer. I'm not going to submit. So submit. They compromised. this. So, so the integrity. I. By the way, you say I can't win, and I haven't <laughs> win because I haven't been accurate enough in my guesses, but I, I'm uh, absolving myself because I peaked. Okay, absolution for, for Riley, and you have to have both parts one and two with the hash. Hashtag BYUCNN. Let her rip on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Final segment of the 2022 BYU football season is right now. Hashtag BYUCNN. Cougar Chaps tweeting in, The BYU men's basketball team has shown a lot of heart and left it all on the court tonight. BYU football tonight showed the same kind of heart. Amen. Chris Butters, great night for the players and the coaches. And he also gave a shout-out to the broadcast team. Thank you to Chris for thanking us. Let's get to our skill-testing trivia question answers. So the question was, uh, was two parts tonight. Against which current member of the Big 12 does BYU have the most football wins? And against which current member of the Big 12 does BYU have the most wins without a loss? And we're going to get into my timeline and scroll up until we get the correct answer. And the first answers I see say Texas for part one and Oklahoma for part two. And one of those two parts is correct, and it's part two. Oklahoma, BYU's 2-0 and against the Sooners. Most wins without a loss, Oklahoma. As for part one... The first correct answer comes as I scroll up and identify the name of Devin Kimball. Oh, no, I don't. He had the first part, no, but not the, the second. second part, so he, that's not a winner. But he had the first, not the second. I keep scrolling and scrolling, and we get to, oh, well, you know. He, doesn't, well, he doesn't get to win. He's kind, he? Here's the thing. He gets to win. He's not one of our people. He knows that's a lot true. of stuff. He's no, he knows a lot of stuff. He's, he's kind of in the know, but he is absolutely eligible. It's our boy Zach Hicken. We cannot say he can't win. It would not be right. Yeah. Zach is a winner. There's no reason to deny Zach for of those, the spoils. For those that don't know the background, right? Member of the media, he's worked for Zach's, BYU. Zach, yeah. Zach's done well, some things. Yeah. Okay, He knows yeah. some things, and he's, he's kind of in the media world. But, hey, we have no rules against other people outside of our booth winning this thing. So Zach Hicken does – I mean, it's not like Zach winning every week, right? Correct. No. Okay, so Zach oh, says square. part one, TCU – and part two, Oklahoma, and he is correct. Uh, BYU five and six, so a losing record, but five wins is the most of any current member of the Big 12. Texas, 
four wins, four and one. Kansas State, four wins, four and four. Then you go to Baylor, two and two. And then that's it. BYU's won games against five of the Big 12, and there's 10 teams, and then they've lost games against, and they, and they have no wins against the other five. So 0-1 against Kansas, 0-1 Texas Tech, 0-1 West Virginia, 0-2 Oklahoma State, 0-4 Iowa State. Oh, when the Cougars get that first win over Iowa State, decades and decades of pain will come to an end. 0-4 against the Cyclones. So there you go. TCU, five wins, and Oklahoma 2-0. and Those are the two parts, and congratulations to Zach Hicken, Zach, I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be. You can be looking for a DM from me, and we'll get details on how to get the ice cream to you. So, congrats! And then many more had TCU and Oklahoma as, as both the correct answers. So, uh, but uh, Zach was the first to do it. So, way to go! All right, uh, thank you, folks, for being with us tonight and every night and every day on a BYU game day. It's been a wonderful season that ends wonderfully as BYU defeats SMU by a final score of 24-23. to And yes, there were the ups and downs, and it was a season of phases. Difficult at times, as BYU followed a 4-1 September with a winless October, and then didn't lose again. Ended the year on a four-game win streak, and an 8-5 and finish to the year, and an end to the era of independence. It was a wild ride, wasn't it, Mitch? It was. But uh, we talked about this before. Eight and five sounds so much better than seven and six, and it feels good. It feels good to go out on a winning streak. And they went through some adversity, but uh, it was it was a fun season, and and it seemed like everybody post game was pretty pleased. And um, hopefully that leads to a productive summer, fall, and or spring and fall. And here we're off in 2023 again. So, shout out to intern Shiler, by the way. Um, Shiler wants us to know that uh, that her husband did have the TCU part correct, but uh, didn't have the second part correct. But either way, Shiler is uh, has vigilantly staying with us. She did, she did double duty back at BYU Radio working basketball and football today. Thanks, Shiler. All right, uh, Riley. Wow. Uh, one of the great things about Independence is that uh, we see so many different venues and cities, and, and, and that was a constant through the entire 12 years. And now, well, well the, the variety might diminish a bit, and you'll kind of isolate in those big 12 venues. We still get to experience, along with Mitch, places we've never seen, places we've never been, uh, rivalries that haven't been contested in years and years and years and decades. And so uh, it's a whole new world uh, coming up. And, uh, I, again, I, I think it'll be so fun to be back together next year, all of us together, going to different places and seeing different things and knowing that it all comes in a different setting entirely where rivalries get reborn and renewed and created. Yeah, and I mean, you can't carry anybody out. Kansas is, was a doormat for a decade and you know at one point they were I think 5-1 or 6-1 and and ranked uh, of course they lost their quarterback and this and that but like they're formidable it's just the it turns over we talk about Kansas State Kansas Kansas State like you think Big 12 you don't think Kansas Kansas State well Kansas State won the conference championship and Kansas you know finished with a winning record and one of the most productive quarterbacks in the Big 12 at least when he was injured and of course familiar foe in TCU and man I think about Oklahoma State and those Dude's just always. Every time I turn them on, I feel like they're scoring forty-five points and putting up five hundred yards of offense. And I can't wait for BYU and and their attack to it. How they're going to you know devise a, a scheme to be able to compete and and take those punches. I, and I think to me this just to put my final thought on this season. It was one of continuing to answer the bell. BYU would go to the corner. They'd lose some route. You know they they started off the fight strong. They. <laughs> 
they took their lumps in the middle rounds, maybe getting knocked down a couple times, but never knocked out. They go back to their corner, come back, come out fighting every time. Not always successful, but as they did that over the course of the season in a 13 round fight, they won more rounds than than they lost, despite getting knocked down or cut above the eye or all this and that. And the, those kind of fights or those kind of lessons are, are ones that are can be carried forward uh, and, and pay significant dividends into the future. That's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, great lessons learned tonight. It was an all-heart win for BYU. Again, the, the way things were going uh, and the season's rolling along, uh, no one sees Soljay Mayava Peters with hardware on a podium at the end of the year, but that's what happened tonight. And isn't f- football a wonderful sport? And uh, that will do it after, again, a wonderful end of the season. Folks, thank you uh, in Cougar Nation for tuning in to us all season long. And we really do look forward to coming you for uh, coming to you again from LaBelle Edwards Stadium for non-conference games next year to open the year. Uh, Southern Utah, Sam Houston State, uh, Arkansas, and then the Big 12 Wars will begin in earnest. Our thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio. Our control board operators, Adam Woodall, and coming off the bench, Sean O'Neill. Our engineers here in the booth. Well, we'll get to our engineers here in the booth in a moment. Back at BYU Radio, uh, Terry South, our coordinating producer, with our intern, Shiloh Johnson, and our studio host, Ben Bagley. Kudos as well to Jason Shepard, Mark Durant, and Cleon Wall for being the basketball crew as BYU defeated the running Utes tonight as well at the Marriott Center. So a, a double dip of wins for BYU tonight. So appreciation to everyone back at BYU Radio, to Clark Jackman, who's also been an engineer traveling with us for the year, and to Casey Stoffer with BYU Athletics and the corporate sponsorship team. Uh, much appreciation to Casey and the entire team with CST back in Provo. And then here in Albuquerque, we had our spotter, Sean Firmage, our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer, and Barry Squires. And that leaves the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And the man to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. And my name is Greg Rubel, thanking you all in Cougar Nation for tuning in tonight and throughout this entire 2022 college football season. So for one final time, I am Greg Rubel saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night, happy holidays, Merry Christmas from Albuquerque, New Mexico.